39. Today on the Movement of Color podcast, we're going to focus on indigenous issues. So we're going to discuss the McGirt versus Oklahoma case and um, other things that are happening. My name is Brandon Peyton Carrillo, and I think we should get started. We got some news. Yeah, I got some some big news at the Supreme Court. Yeah, some indigenous good news at that. Yes, uh, caused a little bit of a panic amongst the white folks, but I mean it's the white folks. So what do you, what, what do you expect? Yeah, they always panic when um, it looks like they're losing their land or losing their way of life or their fucking freedoms and shit. Yeah, well, it is pretty funny, <laughs> to be honest. It is. It is. And um, this one was a surprise. Um, there was a couple things that happened in the last time we spoke to you folks about indigenous issues. But the big one, I think is this is the big deal, is um, around um, eastern, eastern Oklahoma. Yes, it's... Uh I mean, Eastern Oklahoma has already been the home to a good number of uh, tribes. Um, the Muscogee, who are like kind of the main central character, the, the Creek, basically, is what everyone calls them. Everyone else calls them, but they call themselves Muscogee. Uh, you know, the that that tribe is kind of at the center of the whole thing, over this the whole legal case, over, you know, indigenous land and sovereignty and, okay, like, who can be tried for what, where... Um, but it includes, like, Seminoles, um, it includes Chickasaw, Choctaw, and the Cherokee. Um, those are, like, the five, uh, kind of the five tribes that are in eastern Oklahoma. So, essentially what happened, if, if you can correct me if I'm wrong, it, there was essentially, like, a, there was an indigenous man who, I believe, molested a child, I think? Uh, who, who molested another, who molested a child of the same tribe, um, somewhere just outside of the Muscogee um, tribal reservation, um, and then kind of that that went through the courts and was like, okay, yeah, no, the guy did it. Uh, but then he, the his lawyers basically said like, um, actually, you can't try this man under state law or under I think federal uh, certain aspects of federal law. Because this is all supposedly, this is all actually Muscogee reservation land that's been unlawfully taken from the Muscogee tribe, um, and that kind of you know it's one of those like want of a nail thing where it's like uh, you, it, it's it's a thing with with like legal cases where like especially once you get to the appellate court it becomes it becomes parts of like other bigger things and like the actual crime itself. Um, and it became this bigger thing over, like, okay, whose land is it anyway? Um, and eventually, I think, and you have the actual who who voted how, um, Brandon, but 
in the end, the Supreme Court of all institutions, I think it was like a week after they said like it, uh, it, uh, immigrants don't have rights. Actually, like basically one of those cases, um, they decided that like oh yeah no like actually like East a lot of Eastern Oklahoma is supposed to be indigenous land, um, and basically you need to like all that needs to go back to to that sovereignty again. So that that's what everyone's yeah. losing their minds over. It's crazy, yes. Again, and the actual enough, original case is has basically become irrelevant because that's how these appeal cases work. Exactly. Exactly. The original case was, I, I think this is a funny name, McGirt versus Oklahoma. So there was a guy named Jim C. McGirt who was diddling kids. That was his name. Jim C. I think that's how you say it. Or maybe it's a soft J. Like a him C. But I think it's Jim C. Jim C. McGirt. So you had a pervert essentially rewrite jurisdiction in eastern Oklahoma. It's yeah, kind it, of ironic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like one of those things where it's like, it's, again, in, in the future when people are like reading up on this, it's like, Oh yeah, like uh, you know, if, if civil, again, if civilization has not collapsed, it'll be like one of those interesting factoids where it's like, oh yeah, one of the the reason why like uh, uh, these five tribes got a fuck ton of land back uh, was actually because of a child molester. Oh, who knew? <laughs> and so I mean, he's, he's still gonna get tried. Don't worry about that. He's still gonna get tried. He's just gonna be tried under tribal law instead of, uh, I think, federal law. So yeah. he's still probably gonna get like some form of punishment. Exactly. So All this, this did case, was delay it. Yeah. This case, um, McGirt versus Oklahoma, uh, the Supreme Court decided it with a five to four decision. Um, those who were in the majority, um, interesting bedfellows here. Obviously, Sonia Sotomayor, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Elena Kagan. Stephen Breyer, and then the Dark Horse Justice, Neil Gorsuch. Um, obviously, the other assholes totally dissented. Yeah, for obvious reasons. Yeah, but, but, but Gorsuch was like the kind of the the the, the surprise uh, affirmative. Exactly, and it's not because he cares about natives. He's just one of those guys who are like, oh, well, it says clearly. That this is the case. Why well, I can't, I can't see anything else other than this. I'm a strict constitutionalist, strict by the letter of the law, kind of guy. I can't. Oh, you know. Yeah, he's he's not Scalia, where he just like goes and tells his fucking under like his uh his like understudies or interns or whatever to just like fucking write up anything, and if they can't and if they can't find like uh any like uh. If they can't find any precedent, then just make it up. <laughs> he would literally yeah. tell his his like his his uh, his staff that, like whenever basically like whenever there's a case in front of him, he would tell them how he wants it to go, like like what position he he has, and then they would go and find evidence for that position. And if they could not find anything, they just wouldn't cite things. They just wouldn't cite a single thing. They would just it would be pure rhetoric and conjecture. Well, yeah, so 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 rest in rest in piss, Scalia. You can't like I mean the whole like legal liberal liberal legal system is bullshit, but like it's particularly bad 
it, it's particularly bad with, uh, with Scalia. Yeah. So I, I guess I was just saying that, you know, Scalia is now appointed to the Supreme Court of Hell where he belongs. <laughs> He's, he's writing briefs for Satan <laughs> as we speak. As we speak. So, um, but here's a quote. Today we are asked whether the land these treaties promise remains an Indian reservation for purposes of federal criminal law. Because Congress has not said otherwise, we hold the government to its word. That was uh, Justice Neil Gorsuch. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, like, cool, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, Gorsuch. <laughs> that's still not gonna. That's still not gonna, you know, stop us from uh, off in the head. You know, that's not gonna. That's not gonna protect him when the revolution comes. I guess. Oh no, no, no. Probably not. <laughs> the, this this card has already been punched. You know, we already know where he's at. You yeah. know, he he's gone. But I mean, like. It's nice in this whole chaotic space that we're operating in, in the decline of the United States and Western democracies and capitalism, um, that uh, you get these herky-jerky moments where, like, it's, it's schizophrenic, where, like, oh, crap. So now there's some native sovereignty kind of stuff not name of sovereignty I shouldn't say that because that's a totally different thing yeah. but you're it's, actually, it's jurisdiction legal jurisdiction yeah. that's what it really matters um, in this point that, that we'll exactly. explain later yeah because it all centered around the creek having the reservation land and them actually having a reservation like there at some point the state of Oklahoma was like oh you guys we don't recognize you guys have a reservation here I don't see why you we're just going to build shit around here, we're going to build cities, and we're going to operate like you guys don't exist. But they do. They do. And this pervert is going to be tried under tribal law. Yeah. Uh, so what happened, actually... So basically what, what all this means and all this legal bullshit uh, actually in the end of the day means is that, like, you know, there's a lot of very scared white people, mainly in Tulsa, because that's, like, where the main population center of, of... That is basically the new population center of, of like, the Indian reservations in eastern Oklahoma. It's the largest city now. Um, mm. it's, cr- it's created for them this kind of weird instance of, like, oh, there's, like, all this... Okay, so, like, who do they answer to at the end of the day? Because, like, the municipal law probably isn't going to change at all, because uh, that's still handed on, like, the city and, like, county level and whatever. But now when it comes to, like, state and federal law, how does that work for them? So, I actually, I actually looked this up, and it's actually nowhere near as, like, oh, my God, everything's going to change as, like, some white people think it is. Uh, basically, what it means is, that like, basically the only thing that really... There's going to be some, like, civil law stuff that has to do with, like, regulations and stuff. But like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, it's, it's all very minor, and like, they're probably like your average person is not gonna notice at all. Um, but what will change is that um, because Tulsa is now within the Creek uh, Reservation, um, and you know a bunch of other like formerly state of Oklahoma 
uh, majority white uh, uh, cities and towns and all this other stuff are now within all these reservations. Um, they still ultimately have like their own thing. They're they're gonna do their own shit. Um, they still, I, I think, if I remember correctly, they still ultimately answer to the state. It's only when it comes to Indian matters, uh, like Indian law and Indian and like tribal citizens, uh, that they that this really affects. So like, you know, if like, you know, if like you rob, if you're like a indigenous person and you rob somebody, uh, either another indigenous person or a white person or like a non-indigenous person, um, like within like say let's say Tulsa. Um, like you, you stole like a candy bar from a fucking grocer because you're hungry or some shit. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Um, you are now tried. You're, instead of being tried under, um, well, first you would probably be tried under municipal law because it's probably small and petty and like they don't really care. But like if it's like some really big, if like some bigger stuff, like kind of medium scale stuff, um, not like grand felony, like that shit is. Could still gonna be tried under federal law. That's always been the case, even with any reservation. Um, but like for medium sized shit, um, you'll be tried under under tribal law instead of like uh, state law, or or even like or even certain levels of federal law. That's basically it. That that's it. That's that's as far as I go. It's this whole thing. It only really matters is in terms of like certain legal aspects. Um, you know, the, the Muskogee ain't gonna come into Tulsa and say, okay, everybody who's not Muskogee, get the fuck out. Like, you're gonna have, you're gonna have a purge of the cities. So you, don't, you don't need a, you, don't, you know what, you can still, your, your, your little fucking, uh, cola, piece of shit cul-de-sac, uh, subdivision is gonna be fine. Okay? It, it, everything's, nothing's gonna change for you. Um, unless you're, like, a tribal member, you know, or you do something to a tribal member, you're gonna be fine. So Nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's from... changed, basically. So, all right. I think we we've kind of worked through that topic a little bit. Um, but earlier, you mentioned and we discussed a bit about um, the Dakota pipeline and how that was that victory was kind of. Uh, I don't know, lame duck victory. I don't know what you would call it. It's yeah, kind of like a yeah. So be- before the, before we started recording, we were talking. We, we were because because we were talking about all this like Musco, uh, all this like indigenous stuff. It's like, oh yeah, whatever happened to the, to the Dakota Access Pipeline and the XL Pipeline, all the other pipelines that are going through indigenous lands from Canada. Um, well, quick update on that. Uh, basically, like multiple appellate courts have basically said like, yeah we're not going to do this. It's like, we're not going to do these pipelines anymore. Shut them down. Um, you know, so, so, you know, I, because I'm, you know, if you want to be an optimist, you can say it's because of the protests. It's because of all the pressure, um, that is like basically forced the hand of the government to shut down these pipelines. Um, and you know, if you believe that, God, you know, good, good. I'm, I'm proud of you for, for being more optimistic than I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a hot take here, uh, Brandon. I'm going to do a hot Go take and, and, and be super cynical, uh, and say, actually, this is because of falling oil prices and the unprofitability of those pipelines more than the actual, uh, pressure campaigns. 
I'm not saying it's only because of it or the pressure campaigns don't haven't done anything to help make it easier for the judges to kind of clamp, to finally shut these things down. But I mean, you know, you, if you take a quick look at oil prices, they fucking cratered, um, and they're not going to recover anytime soon because of COVID. And anyone who knows anything about business, um, you know, especially if you're in like if you if you're interested in, in oil markets, if you're ever like find that interesting, um, so kind of like I do, um, you know, you can see that all this, you know, the the oil that's extracted from Canada is very expensive and to extract because of all the infrastructure and the technology and the labor that's and the specialized labor that's like needed to extract it and then because of the pipeline that's like goes basically cuts all the way down America uh, in order to get it to like the Gulf Coast to get shipped and then to then get shipped out to who the fuck cares nowhere who the fuck knows where um, so that's just expensive oil's cratered it, it's it's not that difficult to see that like it just isn't worth it anymore. It doesn't make any economic sense to to keep those pipelines going, or even to keep them like operational. It, even just keeping them on, uh, it, it's it's quite literally cheaper to scrap the whole to scrap the whole project, uh, stop maintaining the pipelines, uh, stop extracting the oil. Than it is to keep the oil flowing and keep and to keep shipping it out. It is literally cheaper to just shut everything down. Uh, so, you know, judges have basically shut down XL um, and Dakota Access. So, you know, it, it's good. But let's 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 not beat around the bush here. This is an objectively good thing. This is a thing a lot of people are fighting for. But again, I'm just being pessimistic here and saying it has more to do with oil prices. And basically, capitalists and then the state being like, eh, it's not really worth it, so let's just write it off. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's like, uh, if any, if any, if any uh, you know, young millennials or older Gen Z folks here remember uh, Megas XL, the Cartoon Network show about uh, these, like, uh, this, like, redneck guy who gets, uh, builds a fucking uh, giant space robot. With the head of a fucking Camaro, <laughs> um, and then fights aliens. Uh, that was like this whole big thing, but then eventually Cartoon Network just like it just didn't make any money, and it didn't make any, it didn't make sense to keep it going. So they just like literally wrote it off as a tax write off, um, and because of it, they can't like they basically like they gave away all rights to it, so no one can make it anymore. Um, so that's basically what happened here. It's it's it doesn't make it doesn't make any economic sense anymore. So they gave it up, and you know. It's probably for the best for everybody, uh, especially the planet and all these indigenous tribes that the, that those pipelines cut through. Uh, probably also good for the Mississippi River if you want it to not be polluted. Uh, but yeah, it, it's I, I genuinely believe it has more to do with a cold economic calculus than any political pressure. So let me ask you this question. It's a different type of question I've ever asked you. Knowing what you know. And knowing how you uh, interpret those, the scenario, and your position on it, how does that make you feel? Um, it, it's weird because, like, on one hand, it's like, oh, cool, these pipelines are shut down. That that is an objectively good thing. But also, it's like, holy shit! Like, 
there was this huge pressure campaign. There was literal occupation. There was, like, these giant fights with police. Um, you know, like, it was fucking massive. Uh, and all it did, all it took was oil basically plummeting to, like, neg- to negative dollars. And then go up to, like, 40, I think it's at 40 bucks now. Um, to basically, to actually shut down the pipeline. That's, that, I mean, that... I mean, again, it, that's if you're cynical like me and if you're, like, you know, like... And, and you genuinely believe in, like, the elite theory of power where, like, elites... Old, the, you know, the opinion and interest of elites hold far greater sway than any public pressure. Um, yeah, it, 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 uh, it kind of stings a little because, like, you see all these people doing some very hard and, like, necessary work... Um, to stop this, to stop these pipelines, basically being told that like, oh, ain't that nice? They they think they mattered, um, you know. While like they sh- they just flip a switch because it just doesn't make money anymore. Um, so yeah, it, it, I mean, if if I was like doing a campaign, and like you know the the government agency I was working against or like business I was working against just said like, oh, this thing just doesn't make any money. You know, nothing that has nothing to do with what you were doing. Nothing to do with all the occupations you were pulling, or like how many police you fought, or how many barricades you mounted, or uh, how much pressure you put on local, state, and federal governments uh, to stop them. It's it's because like I don't know, fucking soy prices went down fifty percent or some shit because some because something that happened like halfway across the world that you had no fucking power over. Um, I mean it. it Again, again, it is again just to bring up a little philosophy. I I am a hardcore absurdist in the in the Albert Camus sense, in that the universe doesn't give a shit. The universe doesn't care. Um, It's totally random. There's no inherent meaning to anything. The best you can do is just try to make things a little less shitty for everybody. (laughs) That's the best we can do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, the universe doesn't give a shit. Like the rest of the world doesn't really give a shit about you, particularly as an individual. Uh, maybe as a group, but as an individual, who gives a shit? Um, so, yeah. So because of, like, Russia and Saudi Arabia having a little pissy, like, a little hissy fight over mm-hmm. oil prices, like, a few months ago, um, the Dakota Access and XL are, are now closed, and they're going to get shut down. So, yay, I guess. Thanks, Mr. Putin and uh, Mohammed Bissalman, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Critical support? Question mark? <laughs> well, not to end the conversation on that note. <laughs> uh, on a real downer. <laughs> yeah. Let's um let's um remember that for indigenous people something finally went right for them as a group. Oh yeah, I know. Like the a hundred percent like take the fucking win, you know? Like, hell, if, if I was in this situation, I would 100% take the win. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really care how. I mean, it's, again, it kind of sucks, long, like, the long-term view of it, but fuck it. It's, it'll, it'll keep the Mississippi from fucking overflowing with oil. Fuck it. And you know what? It's okay to spike that football because, you know what? There will be no more Washington Redskins. <laughs> God, I forgot they existed. Like, I, I, I don't care about sports at all. So, like, I, I just keep forgetting that, like, oh, yeah, the Washington Redskins, like, exist. <laughs> like, what the fuck is up with that? 
Yeah. Well, if you haven't gotten the news on that, they Nike is no longer selling their merch. Uh, FedEx is like, um, you guys need to change your fucking name. So now they're working on changing the fucking name. And it'll probably have nothing to do with Native Americans. Yeah. So. All right. Fuck it. I mean, they'll take it. But, like, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. It's, it's one of the, I mean, it is pretty good because, like, it would be like if there was, like, a, you know, Boston N-Words or some shit. Yeah. Or, like, or like L.A. Wetbacks. Like, shit like that. Um, the you Boston know. niggas would definitely be from Boston. I mean... <laughs> Uh, I mean, Boston is like a. I feel like Boston is gonna be a racist and like out there enough enough of a town, like angry enough of a town to like just go go for it. Just no full hard R. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hard R, and they uh, can't even say R's. <laughs> uh, they can't even say the word correctly. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, I mean, and, and again, it is kind of like one of those things where it's like. Yeah, it's it's super stru- I mean to get all Marxist and everybody. Yeah, it's 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 all superstructure. It's all like cultural stuff, which again does not not that it doesn't matter, but like you know, it's probably good in, like that like you don't have like racial slurs for um for team names, but like have any has anybody looked how things are going how things are going in the reservations? Like, they have, like, one hospital. Like, a lot of them have, like, one hospital and, like, no ICU beds. <laughs> so, uh, and COVID's really fucking them up really bad. Um, I mean, they, were, they weren't doing all that well to be economically and, and, you know, in terms of all the, you know, uh, statistics that, like, you know, people with heart give a shit about uh, to, before COVID. I'm sure it's all not doing good now. Um, so, I, again, it's one of those things where it's, like, yeah, I don't want to be called a racial slur anymore, but, like, my family's starving, but, like, my family's starving, so, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's, like, do you want dignity of, of life, uh, in terms of where you are in the culture, in the broader culture, or do you want to, like, not die of hunger, or, like, the disease? Well, you know, let's I mean, be not, not that you can't do both, but, like, it is one of those things where it's, like, I, I mean, personally, like, in terms of like, like immigrant stuff, I, I find that like incredibly important. I, I, I the, the the line is a lot more blurry than I think a lot of more a lot of like specifically Marxists sometimes think um, when it comes to the intersection between culture and material like material needs um, and just how much those two cross over like a lot. <laughs> um, it's hard to get a job if like everyone treats you like shit <laughs> because because of like the color of your skin or because of where you're from or like. Uh, what language you speak Um, but also at the same time like once you get that job it's all shitty jobs and uh, you know like it just reinforces like narratives about like your culture and your people (laughs) so race and ethnicity is a contrast is a a land of contrasts is all I'm going to say and and that's fair and I think it's also fair to just remember when has the American Empire ever given one fucking inch you know, you the best the best things that have ever became were from agitation to fucking fighting and possibly violence. Yeah, There's, like we're the only country to have to like abolish slavery through a war. We're the only country. Brazil, um, which was like the latest, which basically abolished slavery like eighteen eighty, I think. 
Um, like, even they didn't have a war. Instead, they just had a coup afterwards um, to abolish the monarchy uh, because the monarchy was pro-abolition. But, like, even then, they didn't bring back slavery. Um, they brought back... Again, they, they kind of did the whole, like, racism thing. But, like, even they... Even Brazil, uh, it, it, who, which is also incredibly fucking racist, did not need a war... Uh, a civil war to fucking abolish slavery. Yeah. So, I mean, when you can win these little battles with no one has to die, that's great. But, you know, like... Yeah, long term, things are going to be solved. (laughs) So, you know, I'm glad that we we had this conversation. Yeah. I feel like... GG to Muskogee. GG Good game Alright you sexy people We've come to the end of another episode I just would like to remind you To follow us on Twitter At movement underscore color And hey Maybe even throw us some Dimes or quarters or dollars um, At our Patreon page Patreon.com backslash Movement of color um, again, my name is Brandon Peyton Carrillo. I had fun with you guys today. And until next time, adios. Up.